Mrs. Jones. Yes, sir. It's that time of the week. It is indeed. It's that time of the night. We need a jingle. <laughs> it's coming. I Didn't you want to announce a jingle competition? I did. I want to have a jingle contest. So we'll have people submit their Keeping Up the Joneses jingles. Wait, our podcast called Keeping Up with the Joneses. Oh, Keeping Up with the Joneses jingle. And then we'll select one. And what do they win if we select it? Um, I don't know. We could come up with something good, though. Okay, so guys, completely nebulous prize yet we'll to be described. We'll tell you the nebulous prize to next week. Okay. We'll, so start working on it now. When do they have to submit their jingles by? October 1st. <laughs> that's, that's very precise for somebody who's done no planning. Well, I just thought that's the first first that's after where we are right now. Okay, October 1st, jingle competition. Our child... What wrote a whole song today in the car so they can write a jingle. Let's talk about that. Yes. Abigail, our eight-year-old, mm-hmm. was in the back of the car while you were driving along. Yeah, and I was only driving from Blue Coast to Walmart, so it was like a five-minute drive at the most. And she pulls out her notepad and her pen. And writes a song. And she has a, she has a verse, one, and then yeah. she has a chorus. Yeah. The chorus kind of happened on the way home from Walmart, actually. And the f- but it's actually quite good. It's really good. Well, I wouldn't say it's really good. I'd say Are it's quite kidding? good. Are you kidding? She's eight. <laughs> okay, so you're saying it's really good for an eight-year-old? I think it's really... I couldn't write something like that in five minutes. Are you kidding? Yeah, it starts with straight out of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. Please. <laughs> I think it's plagiarism from wah, her living... Wah, wah. <laughs> <Would you> stop. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to episode 68 of Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome. It's very good to have you back. Last week you were sick. I was. But Josh Parsons did a tremendous job of standing in. Yeah, he was very good. And Josh and Sarah are currently enjoying the seashite. Yeah, seashite? Seashite. It's going to be a long night. very strong connery of you. (laughs) This week we had Labor Day, which meant Monday no M&A and we were off work. We were. It was fantastic. It was good. And kids were off school. Yep. That felt really nice. It felt like a great catch up with the kids. And then Tuesday, we had orientation for our new students. So good. From all over the country. Really. And yeah. all over the world, really. Well, not all over the world. Well, a couple of different places in the world. <laughs> okay, we've, we've <laughs> drastically shrunk that net. Well, if we... Let me hear you wiggle out of this. If we put a pin in England, where one is from. Yes. And we put a pin in Australia and then a pin in Nashville, we'd be covering a large portion of the world. Right, so that's how you were describing our yeah. catchment. Yeah. Yeah, we have students from <laughs> a bunch of different states. Yes. Including one of my favorite, California, Alabama, Mississippi, North Carolina. And as you say, a family from Australia flew to come. And our friend Will arrived on Monday as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just awesome to see all the students, wasn't it? It was so awesome. Great, great day. Great. And tomorrow we kick off. So we're really, really excited about that. And it was super fun as well to have the year two students there because they're students that you've previously fallen in love with. You know, we I feel like we fall in love with every class and then you have to let them go. Right. And the fun part about year two is they're back, which is awesome. The most important thing that happened this week was obviously Apple's announcement, which we Clearly. did. A, we did a great job of not, I turned off my phone, didn't watch Twitter, didn't read any RSS feeds. And then at night, Wednesday, we came home, put the kids to bed. And then we just watched the Apple keynote. I, I looked at the website during the day. <sighs> I feel cheated on. 
I'm sorry. I feel filthy. I did. I didn't tell you what I saw. No, but your face was just like. But mm-hmm. I couldn't wait. Right. Highlights for you. Um, the new phones. Yep. And the fact that they shoot upgraded video. Mm-hmm. And there's a 128 now. There's always been a 128. Oh, I've never had it. Okay. And um. What I think is funny is that whenever there's an Apple keynote on. We get text messages from people saying, hey, can I buy your phones because I know you're upgrading. That's true. <laughs> people know us. <laughs> Which happened this year. <laughs> but but I also liked the iPad Pro. Except that it seems like it's huge. I don't want it. You just want the pencil part. I want the pencil part because of illustrating the book. Yes. That's true. It, I You have been be using a pencil? Illustrate on, oh, for the whole thing, yeah. Yeah. And it's been a frustrating experience with the pencil that I have. Because it doesn't have a really fine tip, so I'm guessing at where I'm hitting the iPad. Oh, well, you've done a great job, even though you're guessing. Thank you. Um, We talked about Abby writing a song. Let's talk about MJ, our spiritual giant. This is our two-year-old, ladies and gentlemen. He's so cute. He's very cute. It started last week. Yeah. That All of a sudden, when I started putting him to bed, he would say, Daddy, you pray me tongues? Yeah. And so I would just start praying for him in tongues. Yeah. And he would just be enthralled. Yeah. So every time I put him to bed at night, he now requests, Daddy, you pray me tongues. Yeah. And I just pray in tongues over him, and it's glorious. He was just up a few minutes ago, and I sang to him and then prayed in tongues. But when I came in, he said, I said to Jesus, my name is MJ. And I was like, what? And then I was... (laughs) thinking what is he talking about but like 20 minutes before i had heard him saying i'm mj and then having this whole conversation so i'm not sure if he's had some sort of visitation in his bedroom or well he asked when i go to bed at night <laughs> that he prays and i ask him what he he wants prayer for dreams i said what do you want to dream about and it's always jesus and cows right cows and jesus cows right? and jesus they go together and then this morning at church in the pastor's prayer meeting what did mj do Oh, it was so cute. So Tony's like, well, I think we should pray. And MJ was in the room and he always, he likes to pray. So he gets excited. So I just said, MJ, do you want to come over and pray? And he said, yeah. So he sat on my lap. I said, do you want to start? And he like threw his head back and his arms back, which is what he does anyway. He shut his eyes and he said, Jesus, more. Amen. Short and sweet, ladies and gentlemen. Good good prayer, son. (laughs) You know, I was thinking this week about what we're going to speak on the podcast tonight. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking a lot, and it must be because all the students are in town and they're about to start this eight-month adventure. Yes. And I was thinking about talking tonight about times and seasons. I don't know what we're going to talk about regarding times and seasons, but that was the phrase that was running through my head, times and seasons. Then we went to church this morning, and Chris Dupre, who was our guest speaker, was speaking in part about times and seasons. And I thought, gosh, it's interesting. So let's jump straight into there. Let's talk about seasons of our life, good seasons, bad seasons. What have we learned? AJ Jones, over to you. What have we learned? Well, I think something that's probably encouraging if you're in a difficult season is that they're temporal. You know, they're not, uh, they're not forever. Unless, of course, you want to partner with them being forever. And what, what, how, do, how does one partner with the season for being forever? What are some of the signs that you're overdue for a season change? I think when it feels like you're 
um, spinning your wheels and you're just having more and more of the same experiences um, without there being any kind of resolution or result towards the positive. So I think sometimes, you know, we'll meet with somebody for coffee that seems, it seems to me in listening to their story that they're experiencing the same uh, story over and over again, but they're not arriving at the conclusion that they're the one thing that's similar between all of those situations. And maybe God's trying to get something through to them so that he can move them on to the next thing. And that's when you get to ask innocently, I wonder if there's a common denominator between all the stories you're telling me. <laughs> oh, oh, look, it's it's you. Right. <laughs> Wait. That's never a nice revelation no. to have, is it? No. But I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think like in times in my life where I've partnered with either feeling sorry for myself or um, probably mostly that, feeling sorry for myself, it's, it's, it keeps you in a place of partnering with being a victim. And it seems like that cycle never ends until you start to agree with God and, you know, stop thinking only about yourself. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I was listening to Graham Cook in the last week or so, and he has a, a fantastic teaching called The Art of Thinking Brilliantly. Mm. which I don't recommend listening to while you're trying to run or walk because you'll have to stop and take notes every couple of steps. I gave up. I can't listen to him at all when I'm walking or running because I just am like, oh, I'll never remember that. So when we're talking about uh, seasons of difficulty or negative seasons, which we're going to talk about positive seasons in a second, Mm -hmm. I was challenged because he said this, what if frustration has a heavenly counterpart? What if frustration is designed to keep you from walking into a situation that God doesn't want you in? What if frustration is the precursor to favor? What if it's God's way of telling you that an upgrade is available? Frustration is a confession that we are powerless, and that's not heavenly thinking. The power of the heavenly-minded is that our hearts and minds are always focused on who God is for us. I was just thinking, you know, sometimes when you're in seasons that don't seem to be moving on quite as quickly as you'd like, mm-hmm. Probably a great question to be asking is, God, do you have something for me in this season? And am I in a danger of missing it because I'm so desperate to move on to the next? Right. Because I've noticed that God's lessons have a way of following you. Yeah. And sometimes I've noticed in my own life, for example, I've tried to escape one season Mm -hmm. only to find myself moving perhaps geographically and finding the same thing God's trying to teach me in this new place. I used to, at the end of every year, read through my journal from that year Mm -hmm. and kind of summarize the major themes and just kind of review the year with the Lord. Lord, let's see if I learned what you were trying to show me. What were some of the themes? And then I'd always ask for like a clue or prophetic word for the coming year. Like, Lord, what's going on in this season? What what are the things you have for me? Because in Ecclesiastes, it says this, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So I'm always asking the Lord, Lord, what season am I in? I remember meeting with a friend, uh, somebody I greatly respect, and we met for coffee, and I paid for his coffee at the end. And he fought me for it initially. He did the good British thing. I'll get this. No, 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 I'll get this. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, oh, actually, no, no, I'm going to let you get this. And he said, God's got me in the season of learning to receive. And I said, oh. He said, yeah, I just, I've been in such a mindset of always 
thinking I need to give that God's actually, no, I'm taking you into the season. And I just thought, gosh, that would be really weird to enter into a season of receiving without getting your heads up on that. And you were always giving, giving away the very thing that God was trying to give you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, I, I love that, Lord. What season am I in to kind of help me understand and accelerate my partnership with God of what he's trying to achieve. I I remember, now this is a number of years ago, like 10 or 15 years ago, but at one point, you know, I was reading the story of Joseph a lot and just um, really uh, interested by his incredible attitude, regardless of the circumstances or regardless of the season that he was in, his focus remained on God and you know otherwise he probably wouldn't have had the results that he had but I remember during that time saying Lord where am I in the story of Joseph like you know am That's I That's a great question. Am babe. I still in the pit? Am I Potiphar's household yet? Am I in a place where I can serve to the best of my abilities and even though it doesn't look like the level of freedom I'd like will I you know I could still experience favor and you're still moving me forward. Are there right. things you want me to learn in this place that I can only learn here um, that's going to help me in the next place, that kind of stuff? And so for a number of years, the Lord, you know, every once in a while would be like, hey, you're here in the story. Hey, you're here in the story. And um, I remember in uh, 2001, like at the beginning of 2001, when the Lord started speaking to me about going into full-time ministry and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. And the the Lord was showing me, like, you're at the stage where you're interpreting the dreams. Like, you're, you're getting ready to be released into something. And it's just as important to partner with me now in this season and keeping a good attitude while I open the doors. Mm-hmm. I'm, I guess it's just a funny way that God and I would mark the seasons over a number of years through right. the story of Joseph. I thought Chris Dupre did something very interesting this morning as a sermon illustration. I didn't know he was going to do this, but he asked me to stand up in front of the whole church. So I stood up in front of the whole church. He said, you know, turn and face me. So I was now sideways to the church. And he said, put out your hand. So I put out my hand, palm up. And he put his palm next to my palm and kind of applied pressure. And without thinking about it, I just applied pressure back and pushed back on him. Like you're pushing against a wall. Like I was pushing against his hand and he was pushing against yeah, mine. Yeah. And he said to me, why did you push my hand? And I, you know, I, I would pause. He said, I didn't tell you to push my hand. And he said, we're like that with God. You know, God comes to bring something new. And often the first thing we'll do is, is produce resistance. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. It was great, wasn't it? It was a really powerful illustration. I'm not sure if it translates too well without you seeing it. But I was thinking about that verse that talks about, you know, we're being changed from glory to glory. Often when God's moving us into a new season, either because of fear or stubbornness or we love the season we're in so much, we forget sight of the fact that he's bringing us from one level of glory to another. Right. I I kind of am really envious, and am I allowed to say that in one sense, of the students, you know, marking this new season of their life. Their tomorrow begins eight months. And I was just praying about that yesterday, saying, Lord, I'm so excited for the students. I'm so excited to be a part of watching this season of change coming for them. Sometimes I think there's a danger that we think that seasons of change are purely sovereign in nature. Like, oh my gosh, I wish God, you know, I wish I was on the school or I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. Not realizing that we can step into a new season with God anytime we want. 
Right. Really powerful verse in James. The James 4, draw near to God and he'll draw near draw to you. Yep. And I learned a long time ago that that means I can actually initiate a new season of intimacy with God anytime I want just by choosing to draw near. Mm-hmm. Going to talk about something I don't really like talking about. Sure. Fasting. <laughs> Is it that you don't like talking about it or you don't like doing it? <laughs> I don't like talking about it in case it somehow wakes God up and he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't you fast? You fast. No! <laughs> But fasting brings an element of focus that helps you understand the season you're in. Like there would be times when the Holy Spirit would bring along a season of fasting. Mm -hmm. I always hated that, partly because I did love food. But it was designed to help me focus. You know, you never fast for God's sake. You know, the reason you fast isn't to earn anything, but really to focus and helps you see things you might not otherwise see because you're too busy stuffing your face with. Uh, Doritos (laughs) yeah another thing I really liked that Chris Dupre said this morning he was talking about 2 Timothy where it says be prepared in season and out of season correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction and he was like oh we all love being in season but there's also being out of season Mm -hmm. and he quipped being out of season is still a season right right and I was like oh yeah sometimes like we all love the season that we feel like we're in where everything's going swimmingly and there's just favor this, that, and the next thing. Right. And then sometimes it feels like, oh, well, where is that? You're like, wait, no, no, you still, God's still teaching you something no matter what season you think you're in. Yeah, even if your season feels like you're pushing water uphill with a rake, right. it's still a season. <laughs> and that's the season where great patience is required and yeah. careful instruction. Yeah. You know, that's usually where the pruning happens, the correction, the rebuking, the encouraging, sure. yeah. and just being faithful in that. So that begs the question then, babe, what season do you think we're in? I think we're just in a season of steady building. Probably not building at the rate I'd like to build at. I'd like to go much faster. Yeah. I, You know, I'd like to be doing skyscrapers and I'm doing <laughs> ranch style houses or something. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's not, but I think we're just in a steady season of uh, sowing into others and building. I'm I'm all excited. I've been reading a lot of books. I think I mentioned this on the podcast by Harold Eberly. I'd never read any of his stuff before, and I just think in studying the church for the messages I've been preaching in the last couple of weeks, I've got really excited about the role of the church, and I've got really excited about my role in the church. Mm-hmm. And your I, role as the prophetic dancer. The yes. Behold the lycra, I bring forth my flag, and I will now perform for you. You know, we keep joking about a prophetic dance, but I think that we're going to see a restoration. I'm so excited. There's, you know, a bunch of people in our church who are so gifted at dance, and when I see them dance, something feels absolutely right. I tell you also, when we're in worship, and it feels like someone should be dancing, and I'm looking around, nobody's dancing. I, I'm just like, oh, I just would love to see somebody dance, and I think secretly I want to be a prophetic dancer, <laughs> in all seriousness. Well, we could get you some lycra, baby. I don't I need mean, to wear lycra. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. bust a move. I mean, I. It's funny. it's funny to say, but there's been a couple times where I have felt something shift on a Sunday morning, and it's been right at that moment where I've turned and I've seen, you know, one of the amazing dancers just start dancing. And it's like a, a can opener, you know, in the spirit. Like all of a sudden we've just gone someplace completely different 
because one person has just gotten completely abandoned. Yeah, I love it. I think it would be good to pray for all the people who are in different seasons. Yeah. I feel like for many people, you're stepping into a season of unrestrained optimism. Good. Like, I think what's happening is God is moving on our hearts to really think differently. Yeah. And to be gripped with a relentless optimism about who he is first in this situation. I think he's so good. Sometimes, you know, he brings us into seasons to kind of show off. Yeah. And sometimes before he's shown off, it's kind of scary because you're like, why am I here? And you're simply here to witness the majesty of God in your life. And I think for many people who are listening, that you may find yourself in a situation with what seems insurmountable odds, overwhelming reasons why you should quit. And I think if you were to quit, you might be missing one of the greatest displays of God's affection for you. So my encouragement to anybody who is wrestling with quitting, just stand firm, watch the awesome work of God Mm -hmm. on your behalf, and you're going to have a story and a testimony that shifts stuff for you. Well, what was the verse we looked at this morning about, you know, you'll get there if you don't quit? I don't know, but it sounds like a Chinese proverb rather than a Bible verse. It's true, but it really was a Bible verse. He who doesn't quit gets there in the end. Second (laughs) Hesitations 418. Yeah, it was something like that. And I think for the people who are in an exciting season of their life, there's a danger that we're worried that this is too good to be true. And I think this is a season for you to find great delight in the season that you're in. Yeah. Let rich relationships, you know, bubble to the surface. I, I, you know, I honestly, I feel like this fall is an amazing shift for the body of Christ. I really do. I think it's an amazing shift into understanding more of the goodness of God. Cool. I think this is probably the season where many dreams are going to be fueled. I feel like finances are being released to accomplish that which you've only dreamed about. And I think, you know, Sarah Parsons started something on last Tuesday, hashtag promote your peers. And I thought, what a great idea. I think that we're moving rapidly to a situation where we genuinely delight in the success of others. Yeah. Because we understand that other people's success doesn't come at the expense of ours. Yeah. So I have no idea what season you're in. I hope this rambling thoughts about times and seasons of a huge encouragement to you. If you're in a sucky situation, just remember that seasons by their very nature are temporal. Yeah. And so they do change. If you're in an awesome season, just enjoy it and may all your Christmases be. That's not right. And may all your relationships be blessed. May your family life be flourishing. And may you see exceptional things that you never thought were possible. Yeah. Father, I ask that you would, um, for each listener, God, that you would bless them uh, right where they're at. Father, if there's specific things to learn in this season, to get to the next season, Lord, that you would uh, put us back on track to learn the things that you have us in this season for. And uh, yeah, help us not to enter into and partner with frustration or self-pity or any of those kind of things that tend to keep us stuck, but um, to just hold your hand and know you're good and um, head into each day expecting to meet with you. All right. If you would like show notes for this week's episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 68. 
We have a conference coming up in October that we would love you to be a part of. It's called Heaven Declares. It's run by Grace Center. This year we have Brian Simmons, who is a linguist and a theologian. He's currently translating the Bible into the Passion Translation. He is an incredible speaker, incredible revelatory person as well. Uh, we also have Pastor Surprise all the way from South Africa. Pastor Surprise has got more miraculous stories than I dare say anybody on the face of this earth. He's a true man of God. We're really excited that he's going to be with us. As of right now, there are five tickets left at the earliest bird rate. This conference is $100 normally. We're currently selling tickets for $39. There's five of those left. As soon as they're snapped up, they go up in price, but they're still massively discounted. Head to heavendeclares.info, heavendeclares.info, to find out more information about the conference and to book your ticket. And if you've been trying to purchase Finding Father, the book that AJ wrote, we have sold out. Sorry, many people tried to purchase this week and uh, were met with this the little out of stock. We knew they were going to be out of stock, and so we ordered some from our distributor they were out of stock too so currently we're on our third run of printing which is very exciting however if you would like a copy and you can't wait for the paperback copies we sell digital versions beautifully formatted for amazon kindle for ios devices and also an enhanced version for the ipad if you go to our website you can find out more information about those we'll put a link to that we hope you have an incredible week this week thank you so much for tuning in and we'll be with you next week See you later. Hey, work on your jingles.